the podcast's guide to the conspiracy, featuring Josh Edison and M. Dentoff. Hello, you're listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. I am Josh Edison, and unfortunately, circumstances have conspired to keep Dr. M. Dentith from us this week. So it's just me. I could, I suppose, do the next episode by myself. But if you've been keeping track, last episode was our 399th one, uh, which does suggest that the next episode would be our 400th episode, which is... I suppose you could call that significant, and uh, we really need the two of us to do that one. So it's just another week of filler just for me, I'm afraid. Luckily for me, though, I did have a story that uh, I was going to talk about in the bonus episode for this week's episode, but there won't be one of those, about a, a topic, a topic that I have not heard about or thought about in quite a while, a classic, a classic, if you will, and uh an interesting enough of a topic that I thought, well, maybe maybe I can stretch this into not a full episode, but a, but a, just one of these more, more cut-down, fillery-type episodes that we do when one of us can't make it for whatever reason. So, I have nothing else to say at the start of this episode, so I'm going to play a chime and then get straight into it. Cattle mutilation. Actual, honest-to-goodness, cattle mutilation. Uh, in, in the year of our Lord, 2023, I happened to see an article in the news about cattle mutilations in Queensland. So, yeah, like, like I, I, I thought they were out of fashion. I didn't think we did cattle mutilations anymore, but, but lo and behold, here we have it. Um, and this is this is an article from largely from reports in the Daily Mercury, a newspaper in central Queensland, I guess, um, talking about a couple of, of graziers, the cooks, who say that uh, at least 20 of their cows have been killed strangely over the last 18 years. Uh, the last one, it says, was six months ago, uh, so I'm not quite sure why there's a report on them just now, but still, works out for me. Um, and it's, it's, it's your usual good old-fashioned cattle mutilation stuff. They say cows have had their organs removed with surgical precision, without a trace of blood left at the scene. The, the, the most recent one, six months ago, they found the carcass of a cow with its udder, cheek, and tongue cleanly removed, and no blood or marks of movement at the scene. Uh, now, the headline for this article, I should say, was Aliens' Only Explanation for Mutilated Cows Found on Aussie Farm, Farmers Say. Uh, that only explanation, I should in fairness point out, is in quote marks because it's, it's referring to exactly what these farmers said. They say the only explanation is aliens. Uh, one of them, Judy Cook, says, How is it happening? It must have something that lifts it up and puts it down and doesn't leave any marks. Aliens are the only explanation I've got. Uh, they've also talked about uh, strange bright lights in the distance that they weren't quite sure what was going on and said that it looked like last time she saw a light in the distance looked at the boundary of the property and then there was a, a mob of cattle there the next day who looked terrorised and started running as soon as she got close to them, which is very strange. And it, it, the article itself goes on to, to talk about cattle mutilations in general, but it does quote the um, uh, president of UFO Research Queensland, who says it is interesting, there hadn't been an incident in Queensland for some time. Uh, again, they talk about 
the various stories they've heard uh, match the reports of mutilations in the US, um, which usually involve cattle being found dead on their side, mutilated. And then there's always this, this case that often uh, all the blood is removed. And, and as they put it, I think this is, who is this quoting? This is one Cheryl Gottschall, the president of the UFO Research Queensland Society Institute. I don't know what they are. Uh, she says, uh, when an animal's laying on its side, you look for hoof marks where the animal has tried to get up and there is none. So it looks like it has come from somewhere else and has been laid on the ground there. And it talks a little bit about uh, similar cattle mutilation type things that have showed up in other times in other countries. Uh, finishes with them saying, it really makes you think that there's something going on that the general public doesn't know about. Maybe there's something being kept hidden from us. Although, she says, this, if, if anything, makes her less scared of the idea of UFOs and extraterrestrials, because as she puts it, if they want to, they're going to come and get you. So what's the use of worrying? What indeed? But cattle mutilation. Cattle mutilation. I, 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 I mean, we've talked about UFO stuff before. We must have at least mentioned cattle mutilations before, but I don't recall specific incidents. So, it's, so, so, so let's talk about them now. Cattle mutilation... It, it, it was big in the 70s. The 1970s was when cattle mutilation and, and UFO um, explanations for it really took off. There are, um, I mean, th th there have for centuries been, been uh, strange cases of livestock dying in, in odd ways, but it wasn't until 1967, apparently, uh, when there was a story about a horse called Snippy that was mysteriously killed and mutilated in, uh, somewhere in Colorado. Now, apparently the horse wasn't called Snippy, it was called Lady, but was incorrectly uh, identified as Snippy, who was actually the, that horse's sire. But, but, but it became known as the Snippy case, the case of the, case of the horse called Snippy. Um, so on September 9, 1967, a woman called Agnes King and her son Harry, um, so supposedly they found their horse dead, its head and neck had been skinned, and the body displayed cuts that, to, to them, looked very precise. Also, apparently, again, there was no blood at the scene, and a strong medicinal odour was in the air. So this, this got reported. Um, it, it was apparently the first to feature people speculating that, that maybe aliens, maybe, maybe UFOs could have been responsible for the mutilation of this animal. But there was a, a, an investigation of it which concluded there was no evidence to support the assertion that the horse's death was associated in any way to abnormal causes. Now, they, they, they say it wasn't properly investigated. Um, supposedly, when, when people talked to the county sheriff, he just said, oh, it was probably a lightning strike and never bothered to look at it. Supposedly, sometime later, two students from uh, the local Alamosa State College uh, confessed that they had gone out and shot this horse. Didn't explain why the, 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 the mutilations had happened as, as they did, but supposedly that was um, human intervention. But in the 1970s, this is when this really took off, and obviously uh, the first, first publicised case may have been a horse, but from then on it was cattle, cattle all the way. So 1973, there was apparently a, a wave of cattle mutilations. I should point out, I found one paper 
talking about this that references the song Wave of, Muta- Wave of Mutilations by the Pixies, uh, a song which I believe has nothing to do with cattle mutilation. It's something to do with family suicide weirdness. I don't even know. So that's good. Uh, but no, this, wave of, this, this first wave of mutilation went all across um, seven counties in Kansas and Nebraska. They reported sexual organs having been removed, and this seems to be sort of the common thing they talk about, uh, eyes being removed, genitals, anuses sometimes, various organs, tongues, lips, sort of flesh around the teeth and so on. Now, at this point, it got up to 38 reported mysterious deaths across 11 counties, although there there were testing that suggested that at least possibly not all, but many of them had died from a disease called black leg, which is some sort of bacterial infection, which does indeed, uh, when it gets bad, can seemingly sort of, you know, eat away at the skin, leaving leaving patches of exposed flesh, which possibly matches some of these, uh, you know, suppose the, 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 the lack of skin on some of these mutilated animals. And then uh, 1974, we get to 1974, and there's reports spreading to uh, Lancaster County, also in Nebraska. In 1974, this this is when there, the, you know, as I said, there had been suggestions of a UFO connection. But 1974 is when we see reports of strange, unidentified helicopters. So not 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 being uh, not not suggestions that there's some sort of alien craft, but helicopters shining spotlights into fields that would soon become mutilation sites. Uh, despite the fact that the FAA and the National Guard were not aware of any helicopter activity in the area. It it got to the point that apparently ranchers started forming night vigils and the local National Guard warned that its actual helicopter pilots to fly higher than normal uh, over these, over when they're going over farmland in this county in Nebraska, uh, just in case any any quote-unquote jittery farmers happen to take a pot shot at them. So it it got to the stage that the authorities um, did actually investigate. There was one investigation in 1975 that was specifically um, looking to see if there was a connection between cult activity and cattle mutilation. Uh, so as well as the suggestion that it's it's aliens coming down and doing these weird things to animals, there are also suggestions that maybe it's weird cults of, of Satanists doing doing blood sacrifices, who are, who the hell knows what. I mean we're getting close we're getting close to the time of the you know the satanic panic of the eighties, which would have had it had its roots earlier. There was things like Jonestown and stuff that had been happening. So cults were in the national consciousness and so Basically, I think it seemed to be a case of a weird thing happens. People are worried about cults, so let's make sure that none of them are involved. So there was there was the U.S. Treasury Department assigned a man called Donald Flickinger to investigate this. Uh, the, the The operation came under it says here the jurisdiction of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and cattle mutilation. I guess. Uh, so Mr. Flickinger, he recorded a number of unusual incidents, um, but he was unable to find evidence of cult involvement um, that would justify them taking it anything further. Um, it seems to be, what what we seem to see is they can usually explain away a lot of the cases, but not all of them, and the reaction to the remaining ones tends to sort of be, huh, kind of weird. Uh, but yes, in, so in 75, there were reports of people in black hooded robes being seen. And where was this one? This was Idaho, this particular incident. And then cat, uh, mutilated cattle were found in the area 
the following day. And then uh, uh, in 75, another motorist claimed that uh, 15 masked individuals had formed a roadblock with linked arms, forcing him to turn around from where he was going. And this was also in an area where uh, cattle mutilations had been reported. So the, the, the FBI and the ATF, the alcohol, tobacco and firearms folks, basically w- w- weren't able to find evidence that would suggest that the animals had been victims of any sort of ritual or, or organised effort, in particular because while there are, there, there are sort of commonalities in your cattle mutilation cases, they're not... They're not all the same, and so the fact that it wasn't the same things apparently happening to each of these animals every time sort of was was one of the reasons that they thought it's unlikely to to be sort of you know some sort of organised coordinated activity. Otherwise, you'd expect there to be a lot more uniformity to exactly you know the the, the bits that are being removed from animals and things like that. So they say mostly most of the mutilations in this in this 1975 investigation were basically just ruled to natural causes, or the cattle when they came to um, to to examine them were were too decayed to be able to investigate properly. They said some cases of cult hysteria were traced back to fabrication by individuals unrelated to the incident, and things like uh, apparently one of these claims, a false claim being made by a convict who was trying to get a, a reduction of a sentence for providing information. Uh, another case, it was high school students circulating rumours as a joke. But but as as I say, uh, it was we're starting to get into the area where people are, are, are getting a little bit silly around the idea of, of cults existing in society, so it was the sort of thing where a silly joke like that would be taken seriously. The next investigation was in 1979. This was an FBI one. Uh, the investigation was dubbed Operation Animal Mutilation, which, if, if, it were, if, it were, if it were investigating anything other than cattle mutilation, the name Operation Animal Mutilation would be quite, quite a badass uh, name for an operation. But as it is, it, it just comes across as unimaginative, quite frankly, unless... It were an investigation into Muppets somehow, and then it would have taken a particularly dark turn. But nevertheless, Operation Animal Mutilation, so it was funded by uh, a $44,000 grant, which it says here is equivalent to about $165,000. A man by the name of Kenneth Rommel, FBI agent, hit it, and it had five key objectives, which were, one, to determine the reliability of the information on which the grant was based, which entailed gathering as much information as possible about the cases reported in New Mexico prior to May 1979. Two, to determine the cause of as many mutilations as possible, especially those reported in New Mexico. Three, to determine if livestock mutilations as described constitute a major law enforcement problem. Four, if these mutilations do constitute a major law enforcement problem, to determine the scope of the problem and to offer recommendations on how to deal with it. And finally, five, if it is shown that the mutilation phenomenon is not a law enforcement problem, to recommend that no further law enforcement investigations be funded. So this was basically, we we want to find out if there's something to it. If there is, what are we going to do about it? If there isn't, then then we're done, quite frankly. That'll do. Thank you. So the report, uh, the final report of this investigation was released in 1980. It was 297 pages long. It said that uh, according to some estimates, by 1979, there had been 10,000 
instances of, of cattle having been mutilated. Uh, but the conclusion was basically that mutilations were mostly the result of natural predation, but that some cases contained anomalies that couldn't be accounted for by conventional wisdom. The FBI couldn't identify any individuals responsible for the mutilations. So apparently from 1980, uh, according to this, it's um, the, 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 the details of the investigation are available under the Freedom of Information Act in the States. And what has been released includes correspondence where Mr. Rommel, guy in charge, says, quote, most credible sources have attributed this damage to normal predator and scavenger activity. Now, some people, some people have questioned this. There's uh, one fellow, a state patrolman in New Mexico by the name of Gabe Valdez. He reckoned that uh, Mr. Robble himself basically didn't do much investigating um, of anything. Apparently, he was um, he was disgusted. Mr. Rommel himself was disgusted by by these you know, decomposing cows, and uh, let other people actually go out investigate them while he waited upwind in the car. People thought it was. People sort of said suspiciously that uh, while these cattle mutilations were being investigated in New Mexico, uh, there were very few mutilations. Um, reported during this time as though to imply that whoever or whatever had been doing the mutilations knew this investigation was going on and moved somewhere else. Some people said that uh, Canada, uh, Western Canada, supposedly then had a, a whole bunch of cattle mutilations during this period, suggesting that the cattle mutilators went up north. I'm not quite sure. So yes, pe people have suggested that, uh, that, that, that yeah, this guy didn't do a good, a good enough job of investigating, but pff, I don't know. So when it comes to explanations, because the, the way people describe these things is often very weird. The, the, um, the lack of, of uh, uh, marks around it. In the Snippy case, for instance, they claimed that there was an absolute absence of tracks in a 100-foot radius of the carcass. Even the horse's own tracks disappeared within 100 feet of the body. We have you have, we have sort of these these strange um, things in the environment, and then we have all the the, the, the various weird weird mutilations that you know. Why are certain things removed like that? What's with the? They always talk about the the the, the quote unquote surgical precision of the cuts that seem to be made, by which they mean straight. I think straight and not having much of a ragged edge. Um, and yet the official things seem to be happy to write it off as natural causes. And they had that the, they they accounted for most of these things um, in a variety of ways. So it's it's basically when an animal dies and starts getting and and the the local scavengers get wind of it, the first thing that will go is, is basically all of the softest tissues. So that is, that's your eyes and your lips um, and indeed the, 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 the anus and genitals stuff. The, the, you know, the, the, the softest parts of the animal are the easiest parts to get gnawed on and so are the, the most likely parts to go missing once scavengers have their way with it. Um, so apparently dehydration can cause contraction of missing or damaged areas, the, the flesh to pull away from it, exposing things looking like they've, you know, the, the, the flesh around it has been removed when it hasn't. So small scavengers and burrowing parasites will go into the body where the skin is the thinnest. They talk about 
Yeah, miss, missing eyes and soft internal organs uh, can be explained by carrion feeding insects like blowflies, carrion birds like vultures, and they will go straight towards uh, these soft parts of the body and openings of the body, that's the, your bodily orifices, um, to try and feed on the organs inside. Now, the absence of blood, which is this is one of the things that often gets pointed out, and I think it's meant to sound particularly spooky because surely, surely if this you know animal had been cut open, these things been removed, there should be blood all over the place and yet there's never any sign of it but apparently there is a natural explanation for a lot of this that um, blood when an animal dies uh, blood just pulls due to gravity in the lowest parts of the animal which means uh, other areas that then get predated uh, or scavenged upon don't actually have a lot of blood in them to bleed Blood that does end up outside the body gets eaten by insects um, or just desiccated by being out in the sun and blown away. And now the supposed surgical incisions. Another part of the decomposition process is, uh, as you're probably aware, bloating can occur. And also dehydration can cause the animal's hide to, to shrink and split, especially if there's bloating pushing it outwards. And when an animal's skin splits, it often it, it, isn't, it isn't a ragged tear. It is an often a straight line uh, that appears to be like a cut. And then also incisions made by, by scavengers or predators. If, if you have a, uh, a hole in the skin, then when these processes will then cause it from there to tear right along. And apparently people have uh, have, have done investigations um, to do things like this. That people have taken a recently dead cow, left it out in the sun, and just kept an eye on it for, for one study they talk about. For, they looked at it for 48 hours. And apparently during these 48 hours that it was observed, post-mortem bloating was reported to have caused incision-like tears in the cow's skin that matched the quote-unquote surgical cuts reported on mutilated cows while the action of blowflies and maggots reportedly matched the soft tissue damage observed on mutilated cows. Now, some people some, some people say, okay, yeah, fine, yeah, that, that might account for some of it, but then other people, especially sort of the ranchers who, who own these cattle, will dispute some of this because they claim, you know, that they, that they know what it looks like when a, when a cow's been fed on by the local predators, that's something that happens. They'll say that some of these cows that they'd found didn't appear to be unhealthy in any way, so it, it, it didn't seem likely they would have simply fallen dead uh, and then been able to have been, been scavenged and what have you. So so the, the, the natural causes possibly can't um, explain away everything. Now, of course, the other thing is we, we've talked about cults doing it and they the idea that cult activity was behind cattle mutilations didn't seem to have a lot of legs but there's also the, the, the fact that human beings are just dicks sometimes and it's there, there are it's entirely possible that there are some cases that of course just by people cutting up animals for the fun of it because they're psychos the the, the you know there, there, there are many cases and and um, instances of sort of psycho psychopath sociopath type um, behaviors of the, the, the cliche is always um, uh, harming family pets but apparently there have been instances of larger animals especially I guess if people live live near farms and there's a lot of that 
Um, and the other thing, which I, I guess is sort, sort of halfway between the, the the prosaic animals and and bastard humans did it, and it was aliens or something, is the idea that there's some sort of government or military experimentation going on. And some people have suggested that there is some sort of some sort of conspiracy by government people to um, who are who are mutilating these cattle for you know as, as a, some sort of form of limited dissection or something like that to investigate diseases to transmit diseases who knows things like that and that possibly also you know th- that that um, ties into the idea of these mysterious helicopters are they government government helicopters the, the black always it's always black helicopters who who have been out conducting experiments without the consent of um, these farmers and presumably without the consent of the cows and that's kind of Kind of all there is to say about cattle mutilation, I guess. It's it's interesting to see the commonalities, that the idea that um, you know you, you have have things which look strange to we, we 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 human beings who don't spend a lot of time outdoors and don't have a lot of knowledge of what can happen to dead things that are that are out in the open with a little bit of. Then they could they always sort of get dressed up with a little bit of extra storytelling as well. Um, reading this remind me, of course, of uh, I'm sure we've talked about the Dyatlov Pass incident, another one you've probably heard about. One of those weird cases in Russia where a bunch of a bunch of people went missing outdoors and then were found later, and the positions of their bodies were very strange. The the the, the tents appeared to have been ripped open, and the the bodies were found outside naked, despite it being you know out in the snow, and various bits of their bodies were missing, and so on. And and a lot of it could be accounted for. Um, you know, the, 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 there's the the paradoxical undressing thing of when you're close to freezing to death, you start feeling very hot, uh, which has seen people removing um, their clothing in, in cold places before. For the, the suggestion that there being some sort of avalanche that caused them to run and then freeze or fall and hit their heads or something, and then the mutilations of the bodies once again were the things that had been removed, that had been supposedly mysteriously removed from their bodies, were once again the soft tissues, eyes and tongues and things like that, which, um, gross as it may be, is the kind of stuff that small scavenging animals uh, go for first. And then as well, in the Dyatlov Pass incident, there were also things like supposedly their bodies, you know, appeared to, well, like, had, were, were orange, like badly suntanned, and uh, setting off Geiger counters and stuff like that. And yet, the the, the more the more um, potentially supernatural, weirdy, weird stuff doesn't actually show up in any any real reports that anyone's ever been able to find. And it certainly sounds like a case of embellishment after the fact. So. It's just it just sort of goes to show that unexpected things, th- things that seem weird to us, can happen, and yet not knowing how the world works, I guess, in the relevant ways, turns out a lot of it can be explained, and then that the bits of it that can't be explained sometimes just turn out to be people making stuff up. I mean, as as but as even the official report said, some of these cases they just couldn't account for, which always seems to be the way. So who knows? Maybe maybe there's maybe there's hope. Hope? Is that the right word? Hope that there actually are aliens running around doing horrible things to perfectly innocent cows? Maybe not, but no, no, nobody has 100% ruled it out. But that's about about the best you're going to get in the way of positive talk of, of cattle mutilation. So I think that's, I think that's enough, enough uh, talk of, of 
poor animals having unfortunate things happen to them, even if it is even if it is simply part of the circle of life, you know, even if it is just what happens in nature. So I'll I'll, I'll leave you now. Hopefully things will be in a state next week that we can record our our proper honest to goodness 400th episode spectacular i am of course recording this uh on the thursday night before easter so who knows if easter will will end up put delaying things or or who knows quite frankly but um all i can say for now is that the next official episode whenever that happens should be a doozy uh this one i think you could argue probably wasn't but that's okay it's just a little bit of filler to tide you over until we get a proper episode from me and the good dr dentith together which will hopefully be next week and all i can really say at this particular point in time is goodbye the podcast's guide to the conspiracy stars josh addison and myself associate professor mrx dentith our show's consp- sorry producers are tom and philip plus another mysterious anonymous donor. You can contact Josh and myself at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider joining our Patreon. And remember, nothing is real. Everything is permitted. But conditions apply.